2: Live from the NASDAQ market site overlooking New York's Times Square, this is Fast Money. I'm Scott Wabner in tonight for Melissa Lee. Our traders on the desk are Tim Seymour, Carter Worth, Dan Nathan, and Guy Adami. It's, well, thankfully, the Friday finish line. Stocks surging to cap off one volatile week on Wall Street. So what's next for your money? We'll lay it out for you. Also ahead, hitting the mark. Well, will Target follow in Walmart's footsteps when it reports results next week? And later, a billionaire battle on a coming recession. Two titans with two very different takes on where we're heading next. But we have the one chart that will settle the score. And we begin with a wild and wacky week on Wall Street. The stock market seeing big pops, big drops as the bond market went bonkers. New fears that a recession could be coming, fueling all of that volatility. You can see the wild week right there. Down 380, up 370, 800-point decline, and so on and so on. So. How do you set up going into? Well, next first
3: of all, great up. to have you on board. A Thank you. S- Friday in the summer, and you're here, having done like seven hours of live television today. Without a, a pockets, what does
2: that tell you about my like
3: of being? No, with it you? tells me you, right? you put in the effort, man. You put one down and put one hey, yeah, right behind it's a it. Short on
1: Friday. Can we <laughs> Sorry, Tim. There was a big what week. does it
3: tell me? It tells me some of the most violent rallies are doing markets that are headed At lower. I that. do think this market is headed lower. When does it end? And I'll say this: I think it ends when the volatility index, the VIX. Crescendos up around the thirty level. If you look at the last two significant market sell-offs, they've both been sort of followed or led by a VIX that culminates around thirty. That's where we're headed. I think that takes us to an S and P five hundred somewhere around twenty six fifty. We'll see, but that's how you know it's over. Mm, Dan, do you agree or disagree? Well, very
1: interestingly, so we've had two. Uh, yeah, way down. Yeah, we've had two of, biggest, biggest, two of the biggest. Two well, of well, What um, are you trying to say? I, I'm saying. I think Dan- Two of the biggest point declines 000. all
4: year happened in the last ten trading days, right? You know where they stopped on a dime, as you would say to the penny, like twenty-eight, twenty-five in the cash. Pretty interesting. So three times we've got a little support there. Um, so to me, but I think the balance is precarious at best. When you look at where the shocks have been over the last eighteen months, they have been to the downside, and we talk about it again and again. There has been no momentum when we get to the prior highs for a meaningful breakout here. So we may meander back towards three thousand, but ultimately, if we break twenty-eight hundred, we're on our way.
5: Back. i think that's I know, right I, it's a, it's a reset right? well if you reset <laughs> aggressively the
1: last
5: few fridays <laughs> think about it we're just backing and filling biding time and the volatility increases so markets reset aggressively down about six seven percent and now the sharp indecision is it cheap do you buy the dip and other people saying wait a minute it's getting worse usually after the initial move and the volatility you have a second move in the direction of the primary move which would be lower
1: so uh, do you need to set these guys straight, or do you well, agree with them? Well, I'll tell you what, 2825, which is also the 50-week moving hours, I think is a very, very major support. 2750 after that. I'll let those guys go from there. I think the more important thing is to remember that this week, 10-year uh, yields in the U.S. were down 20 basis points, but it wasn't U.S. weakness that brought them down. U.S. yields are getting dragged down by bunts. Now, the, the bad news and what would support the bear case that I think these guys are, are putting out there, in addition to all the macro data, et cetera, is look at the week the dollar had. And, and, and what we now have, we have Fed minutes coming up next week. We're going to hear Powell talk at, at Jackson Hole. We have a dynamic where I, I don't think we have a Fed that's as dovish as people think. I think we've got central bank differentials that now really favor uh, the dollar. In other words, I think we've got uber, uber dovish ECB, and I think we've got, we'll see what we have in the Fed. That concerns me for next week, and just in terms of weekly trading patterns, this week is exactly like last week. Think about what we did. We opened with a lot of pain, a lot of fear, a lot of unknown. Uh, the markets face the abyss and i think the reality set back in i think you could see the same pattern next week but again the u.s is not about to go into recession even though that was the talk this week so what matters more to the market right now walmart Cisco? Well, no,
2: Walmart. that see, for the consumer?
3: Yeah. Don't get or, mad at him. No, no, I'm not Santa getting price. mad. I think it's a, it's, it's a good question, Tim. You're in my kitchen. It's five minutes in the <laughs> show. A I mean, long. it's a Friday. <laughs> I mean, I'm bailing you out, bro. People say the consumer is so strong. And I say, listen, never underestimate the U.S. consumers want to spend. Should they be spending? But it's a much spending. Yeah, but it doesn't mean they should be. And it doesn't. Their Why spending doesn't be? mean the consumer Why is healthy. Gotcha. Consumer debt now is $13.5 trillion. No, no, no. Now you have 54% consumer debt to GDP. It's a staggering number. That's not a healthy consumer. That's a consumer that says, hey, the stock market goes up every day. I feel wealthier. I'm going to spend money. When the stock market stops going up, that's when people stop spending. So what's more important is what Cisco said about going forward. You know what? Things are murky. The Cisco quarter was very good. The guidance wasn't terrible. The commentary was. Yeah, but hold on. Or deer. You're going to tell me dear's more are coming back to today? me that five yeah. of us here. I, got I think given the choice you gave me the would you rather I would I rather you could the handle Cisco the I, <laughs> I would rather the Cisco Commentary than the Walmart quote. Let's, let's make one point about Walmart.
4: Walmart is a staple. They sell half of their $500 billion in sales groceries. as groceries. Okay? So you know, look at the rest of the XRT. Look at what got battered. And that's the stuff that's more discretionary when you think about department and, stores and, and stuff like not that. Performing right. So, so so to me, I, I don't think Walmart is that sort of standout. It's like if you were to ask me, well, how would you like REITs this week? Or how did you like consumer staples? I think the change quarter over quarter in what Cisco said about their five percent of sales that come from China was down 25%. I think that's more significant that happened in two months, okay? And it took 10% off that stock in two trading days. That is what I would be king on. I'd be less focused on the U.S. consumer because the entire global economy right now is on the U.S. consumer's the shoulders, economy, and that's not a place you want to be.
2: two-thirds on the consumer's shoulder. If the consumer's strong... Isn't that something to hang your hat on? Wait, Why? wait. Well,
1: how, are the, sales, the how are auto sales? sales? I mean, you've seen some up. bifurcation here in the consumer. So to be clear, it's not like the consumer is healthy across all the metrics. And 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 if I look at Walmart. Look, 2.8% same-store sales comps, very, very good. Uh, higher ticket prices, it's also very good for them. I think they're giving the house away, and I think ultimately you are going to see inflation feed through. I don't want to own Walmart at 23 times, but I do think that that is a place where we're going to continue to... Look, restaurant stocks, think of retail sales, that came in at 1% up this, this week. It uh, was it Wednesday, where it was up 6 tenths, better than expected because of restaurant, because of online spending. Places where I think consumers are not breaking the bank. I think this is not good for luxury items, for high-ticket items, and for major discretionary. But there's no reason for the investor at home to be running out of stocks that have worked during this entire time. So everything in the staple space, in the restaurant space, uh, in the Starbucks space, McDonald's space, I think, has every reason to keep going.
5: And as impressive as Walmart was, closed poorly today, and all it really has done is gotten back to where it was two weeks ago, meaning no follow-through on that big gap up.
2: All right, so where are we headed next? It's a tale of two titans. We heard from Bridgewater's Ray Dalio and Carlisle Group's David Rubenstein in the past 24
4: hours. So listen to what they think. Recessions are always inevitable. The only question is when in the next uh, two years, uh, let's say prior to the next election, there's probably a 40% chance of a recession. And Mm -hmm. I think that you're seeing this around the world.
5: The U.S. economy is actually in pretty good shape.
2: We're not an island, though, and there's no doubt that as Economies in Europe and Asia slow down and go into recession, we can't completely avoid that. But at the moment, I don't see a recession in the imminent future. Okay, so the chart master is going to settle the school. That, oh, That's right. So You want to not to company, and break it down? Not
5: company I belong in, obviously, uh, but let's be honest. Of course you do. Both of them You're are very it. constructive. One said odds are 40% in the next two years. That's not bearish. And the other said economy is fine. That's not bearish either, meaning consensus is still very much even at the Titan level, that things are basically okay. And there are a couple things that would suggest otherwise. So, of course, there's the yield curve. Um, everyone's watching it, and for the first time in a long time, it actually ticked below zero. So here's the two 10-year curve, and I just want to show you uh, some data that relates to that. Now, this is a recession indicator. This is instances when the yield curve inverts, and then the time elapses until GDP recession starts. So you've got an inversion in February 06. And 22 months later, granted that would be in the two-year time frame that you just heard, you actually get a GDP recession. In 2000, it was eight months. It inverted in '89. It was in July. It was 14 months in October '80, the Reagan recession '81. It was nine months. Let's keep going. Go forward. 1978 to 1980 it was 14. In '73, '74, that was a really bad bear market. at right? 50%. It happened in five. The point being, and you see here that in '69. The table would argue kind of what you just heard, that it's more than a year, but it can also be less than that. But the issue is, is it coming? And I think everyone would have to agree the answer is yes, all about timing. Another way to look at it, when the Fed tightens, so this is every tightening cycle since 1954, 100% of the time, ISM has fallen below 50. 92% of the time, you have an EPS recession. And 75% of the time, you actually get a GDP recession. So the numbers are the numbers. The facts are the facts. It's not that much up to interpretation. It's all just about timing, and I guess that's the point here. We're all trying to figure that. out. Now, the Chicago business barometer, this just printed 44. We know that overall ISM is still above 50, but the issue is are we getting down into other periods where you were in recession? Now, keeping those three, and I'm going to put in the same chart and we're going to mark off recessions. This is a recession. This is a recession. This is a recession. This setup. Any more weakness, and there's nothing more to talk about.
2: All right, well come nothing, on back so over. We said we'll, said we'll, we'll kick that around. Talk about.
4: Well, there is a little bit more to talk about. I mean, I just say this: is if you think about like the last two periods, I think those are the most important. Two thousand and seven and two thousand and one. It was twenty-two months. In five months, right, respectively, um, but in both instances, you know, the Fed hadn't started to ease as they are right now, and also in both instances, I think it's really important to remember the S and P five hundred started to sniff out the recession before we knew we were in a recession, and peak to trough was down fifty percent in each time. So the point is, if you're waiting for a recession to sell your stocks, that's not a great plan either.
5: Right. I mean, ours is the greatest leading indicator of all stock prices is it foreshadowing a recession that basically no one is willing to call it. you guys are you guys are calling you, it. You a, lot calling a lot of people are
1: calling it and the bond market has called it so to act like that i don't think that there's some 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 pessimism in the market both in terms of positioning and again the bond market that's gotten well ahead of the fed um, uh, uh, you know here's a tailwind uh, very easy macro policy is is something that's supportive i'm sorry the, the bond market down at one fifty on the ten-year has done an enormous amount of easing already for the fed if you think about where first-half GDP for the, rest, for the entire world has come in, it's not off that much despite what's clear about confidence. I think the most important place where there's no confidence, it's in the business community. There is a negative feedback loop. That is bad. But if you think about all we've had, And the fact that the market hasn't really fallen on its face, and I'm not even talking about the market, I'm talking about the U.S. economy. Because while it is a global market, we will be vulnerable. There's no way we stand alone. Um, There's no question that the U.S. is going to continue to be more resilient than the rest of the
2: world. First of all, the market can go up for a long time after the yield curve inverts. And even Bullard is saying he's not... Be, and he's dovish as dovish comes, and even he's saying, I'm not then, that worried about it unless you, it's inverted for a longer period of time. then you also get into what
5: is the market? It's the S&P, the optical illusion. We know the mid-cap is down almost 20% from its peak. The BKX, the industrial, all the things that we've covered and continue to cover, so that the issue is, is, is it imminent? You heard from two of the biggest people of all. They said no. But is it coming? There's no way around that. Now, who can time it? I suspect it'll be sooner than people
1: think. But And, and I think it becomes down to levels of of relativity in terms of what this move is, because I don't think you guys are suggesting a 50% move tomorrow, but you are pointing out that in past recessions, this has what, you know, you have seen peak to trough drawdowns of as much. I think the market right now, and again, when you talk to the pessimists in the market, they're talking about black swans. They're not talking about 5 or 10 percent. They're talking about 20 or 40 percent. And I think that's really right, where but, there's but bifurcation. But Q4
4: 2018, we had a 20 percent peak to trough decline, and it came like that, okay? And I sure think it. what Carter's other point is that there's a lot of stocks, big stocks, Amazon, Apple, they're already correcting. Their trends are already no, broken but but Apple's the downside. but back to
2: 205. But
4: it's still down 10 percent, Scott, from its all-time highs, and it's never confirmed a new high in the S&P p 500 in the last year, and so that is a problem. Small caps haven't done it. Banks haven't done it. And the um, industrials, industrials haven't transports. done it. He's Energy yelling. hasn't done he, it. So he's yelling stock, and pointing. You know what I like about this market this is, spirited, is correcting in a lot of different ways right now. So maybe that is the warning Friday. sign that's flashing that you're not listening. Tight,
2: oh, point it again. Well, it was a little and close. Snap. Too close for comfort, <laughs> there, pal. All right, coming up, the Dow handing in its third straight weekly loss. So could this be the perfect time to go bargain hunting? Our traders will tell you where to look. Plus, Carter. He has one sturdy homebuilder trade. He's going to break that down in the charts. We're live from Times Square in New York City tonight. And there is much more Fast Money right after this.
0: You seek the key. But first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today.
2: Oh, we have a news alert on Aramark. Eric Chemi back at HQ with the story, Eric. That's right, Scott. Looks like this could be an activist situation that's starting to brew here a little bit, according to an SEC filing investment firm Mantle Ridge. So it's plans to have discussions with Airmark's management about possible changes at the Philadelphia-based Food Facilities and uniform Services provider. That's according to the SEC filing. That stock up about 1% right now, though it has been up 28% this year. The fund said in the filing, it tends to have conversations with management, stockholders, and board members about the company's business operations, strategies, governance, and its board composition. So
1: we're going to have to watch this one in the weeks ahead. Back to you, Scott.
2: We will. Eric, thank you, Eric. Timmy, Tim, that's just uh, spiking on that news.
1: (laughs) Well, I tell you, what, if you look at the stock, I think some of the sense that there was this type of uh, accumulation, uh, it was been going on from 27 bucks up to this level up to today. Um, I'm looking at the chart. I mean, you, you know, contribute to our mark, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, bottom line is uh, this is kind of sports and, and food and beverage. Yankee Stadium probably uh, probably munched on one of their burgers. Um, this doesn't messing. excite me that much. Yeah, I'm a huge Met fan. I mean, why are you going all Yankees on us? Well, because they're probably serving inferior food out there. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why we're even talking about this right now, but here I am. I just would have thought you would have said City Field. That's where the loyalty is, Big series is, in guess. Kansas City this week,
2: Scott. Okay. Back to the markets. It was dizzying week for the Dow. It's the third negative week in a row, so that got us thinking about some blue-chip bargains. Boeing, Pfizer, Exxon, and Goldman Sachs all sitting at or near a bear market. So let's play a little... Fast money favorite, trade we like to call. Or it. Let's do it. Thank you. Now, don't
3: jump on the graphic.
2: I mean, there. I didn't know what's happening there. Okay,
1: well, now you know. It's a good right.
2: graphic, one of our best. Thank you. It's the game you know and love: trade it or fade it, as if you didn't know that already. <laughs> Let's kick things off with Boeing down 26 percent from its most
1: recent 52-week high. So, Tim, are you trading it or Or are you fading it? I'm trading it. And and I realize that people have looked at different levels on the stock that should have held, whatnot. So, 350 was supposed to have held. Uh, Around these levels, you have a stock with a free cash flow yield of over 20%. Um, Look, the 737 max, still an overhang. This reminds me of other moments we've seen in this company's life that were enormous opportunities. Uh, And until the legal framework changes, it's actually a stock I can own at these levels.
2: Okay, next up, Pfizer down
1: 26% from its highs. Carter, traded or faded?
5: Yeah, I, I mean, the sell off is so aggressive for such a low beta stock, I'm inclined to take advantage of the weakness and buy it, so i.e. trade it.
2: All right, Dan, what about
4: Exxon? Uh, you know, listen, this one is in a horrible downtrend. It's obviously in the hands of just kind of all this macro data that we're seeing. And obviously the, the direction of crude has gone the, ro- the wrong way here. Um, this thing is in a horrible, horrible downtrend. It got a little bounce this week off a level it should have bounced from. But to me, I think you're looking at the 2010 lows if you have a break of 65. So
1: I see no reason to rush in. Got your buyer back, Tom, no? i stand in behind this you, one. You're hosting the show now? Well, is that what's happening? Just, I'm, I'm um, a little you're, worried. we are busy we're, looking out. Okay, sorry.
2: All right, Goldman Sachs. Goldman. You know, Scott. Gee, I wonder what he's going to say. What,
3: do you, to say? what do you think I'm going to say? What do you think I'm going to say? Oh, you're going to say fade it? I'm going to say fade it. All you right. thought I was going to say trade it. No, and look. Well, there's only two choices, dude. Hate. There are only two choices. That's an excellent point by you. I mean, <laughs> Goldman Goldman in name only they're sports fans. I hate to say it. It pains me to say it, but... I don't think you want to own any of these banks, quite frankly. I mean, Citibank is now trading at 75% of book value. Goldman Sachs, although not as bad as Citi in terms of exposure, I think deserves a multiple around there. So had a great run to the upside. I think you're going to see the stock trade 185 before it goes back to the recent highs. Okay. All right. Good stuff. Up next, hitting the mark, how options traders are betting on big
2: moves from Target when it reports results next week. We'll break down the action there. First, Fast Money, Fast Cars, Robert Frank, live outside of Pebble Beach, where the luxury auto market is in the driver's seat, and so is Robert.
6: Scott, hey, this car, this Ferrari 1962, about to sell tomorrow for $13 million. We're going to take a look at the spending of the wealthy, which cars you should trade or fade right now, and what it means for big brands like Porsche and Ferrari. Coming up after the break.
4: Every day.
2: Welcome back to Fast Money. A fresh sign of the strong consumer is on display in Pebble Beach, where some pretty expensive cars are up for auction. Who else but our own Robert Frank is there with those details? Hey, Robert.
6: Hey, Scott. Well, right now the car market looks a lot like the real estate market, where the weakest part of the market right now is the very top end, whereas the bottom is strong. The number of cars selling here for a million dollars or more down about 30% compared to the peak in 2014. you got the big Ferraris and Mercedes Goings. They've come down in price a little bit. What's hot right now is the vintage four-wheelers and trucks that millennials are buying, like this 1968 Ford Bronco that's going to sell for up to $80,000. Movie car is also doing really well this weekend. James Bond's DB5 that went for $6.5 million at RM Sotheby's last night. And the Ferris Bueller Ferrari, or rather a replica of a Ferrari that was used in the movie, that's about to sell for $200,000. But this stage has also become huge for the car companies to launch new products. Bugatti just launching the Cento Dice. That's a $10 million car that sold out before it was even unveiled. And so the car companies like Lamborghini are saying this is a whole new strategy of how to market to their customers.
1: I do believe that the right thing to be is to create a unique event in special location like we have today to have the right connection with our customers.
6: Now Lamborghini is going to double production with its new SUV to over 8,000 vehicles this year. And the CEO telling me, basically, despite all these concerns about a global slowdown, they are not seeing it with their $200,000 and $400,000 cars. And again, with that Bugatti selling out at $10 million, so far, we haven't seen a big slowdown. But a lot of cars coming into this space at the high end. We'll have to see if there's an oversupply. Guys, back to you. All right. Robert Frank, thank you. Uh, Ferrari got upgraded this week, earlier in the week. I don't know if you
1: guys... I'm actually sure you your short I'm, Ferrari? I'm short sure Ferrari. I, I think these guys have gone from an exclusive brand It's still an exclusive brand. Let me just, I think they, they ramped up production, the exclusivity factor, um, they're getting into SUVs. I think somewhere in here, despite the fact that the, the resale market for Ferraris is extraordinary, uh, I think the stock's very expensive.
2: All right. Let me, uh, let me just correct something as well that we reported a few moments ago. If we can throw up shares of uh, Aramark again. Uh, we reported that uh, Mantle Ridge had taken a uh, 10% stake in that company. It's actually a 20% stake. Uh per their filing. Approximately twenty percent of the outstanding shares of common stock is what they reported just a short time ago. That's Mantle Ridge in aramark That stock is up about five and a quarter percent. A story we'll certainly continue uh to follow here. So
3: tremendous clarification. You know, we also here in the fast money, we do fun things. Yeah oddly enough, Tim Seymour has done some fun things with fast cars. I actually think we might have footage of that <laughs> look at that. Look at that. <laughs> wow, look at my pocket square. That's
1: tremendous. That's a Ferrari. So he, in
2: other words, so he's happy to ride in the Ferrari, but he's short. Yes. Maybe his experience it's a little in di- you know
1: It's a little disappointing that I'm a passenger. <laughs> wow. why, why hasn't someone given me the keys to this thing? The California T, which is a red Ferrari I drove. Actually, I was driving. I'm not sure why I wasn't allowed to drive this one. No one trusted me.
2: Oh, with I good swear reason. I can
1: drive though. I, mean, I have a license. Uh-huh.
2: All right. It's time for the final trade. Let's go around the whole <laughs> That was really good.
1: Tim, you're so, up first. We talked about restaurant stocks. Young China actually underperforming young brands, not surprisingly. i move my money there.
5: Carter. Home Depot on the long side into earnings. Looks like you'll get a good bounce here.
4: Danny. Shocker. Tim said something smart. The dollar the, you know, coming out of this week, the Dixie nearing new breakout. Must high. I mean, we'll, you used to play
1: out. it from the long side. A nerve earlier. Big guy guy go away tonight, Scott. Yummy.
4: You can
3: see the finish line. I can see it in your eyes. Eli Lilly got too cheap. <laughs> All right. That goes hard. All
2: right. Good stuff, everybody. Thank you for that. All right. That does it for Fast Money. Stick around, though. Options Action
0: is coming up next.